Well, how good are the Penrith Panthers going? Who thinks they can get eight in a row today? Well, as everyone might know, I'm order, so we haven't been going too well. So I've kind of jumped on the bandwagon of the Panthers. Just because they're local. Just because they're local. And so uh, who knows, they could go all the way this year. And that'd be awesome. Newcastle Knights, well, they're failing too. Ben did say that this year was their year and, uh, well, they haven't delivered. And neither's a bulldog, so it is what it is. Well, this morning I'm going to preach a message called Fear and Faith. Fear and Faith. So many times we hear messages of how we have faith and our fear will diminish. And in this life, sometimes fear doesn't diminish. But it doesn't mean that we can't have faith as well. When we go through struggles and we go through pain, when we go through stuff that we have to face on this earth, it still doesn't mean that you can't have faith. Faith doesn't mean that you're going to not have problems in this earth. So let's turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 12 today. Verse 7 says this, To keep me from becoming conceited, Because of these surpassingly great revelations, there was given me a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why for Christ's sake I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. I'm going to read it out of the message as well. It says, because of the extravagance of those revelations, and so I wouldn't get a big head, I was given the gift of a handicap to keep me in constant touch with my limitations. Satan's angel did his best to get me down. What he in fact did was push me to my knees. No danger then of walking around high and mighty. At first I didn't think of it as a gift and I begged God to remove it. Three times I did that and then he told me, my grace is enough, it's all you need. My strength comes into its own in your weakness. Once I heard that I was glad to let it happen. I quit focusing on the handicap and began appreciating the gift. It was a case of Christ's strength moving in on my weakness Now I take limitations in my stride and with good cheer. These limitations that cut me down to size, abuse, accidents, opposition and bad breaks. I just let Christ take over. And so the weaker I get, the stronger I become. Wow. So you were saying, Paul is saying here, the weaker we get, the stronger we become. How does that make sense? How does that make sense to the world we live in today? And you know, it's... What Paul has said here is a thorn is a given. And that's my first point today. A thorn is a given. It's going to happen. You're going to have thorns. And what's your thorn today? You know, um, last week or so I was working at a house and I lifted a a speaker up and this excruciating pain in my left shoulder, like I pulled a muscle and I'm like, ah, and it couldn't even drive. I was, you know, driving home and my left arm, I couldn't even lift it. I could just change gears and I drove home and, you know, my beautiful wife was like, you'll be right. (laughs) Get over it. (laughs) 
And as guys do, we're like, ah, oh, it's so painful, so painful. Anyway, I went and saw the osteo on uh, Monday and I got all this strapping on my shoulder. And it, it's gotten better. See, I can do this now. We're all good. Up there's a bit sore, but we're getting there. We're getting there. So I pulled a tendon on the rotator cuff. That's what I did, which is a little bit painful, he reckons, but st- still doesn't get... The, the uh, compassion doesn't flow yet. <laughs> Even though it was said that it really hurts, it still doesn't flow yet. No, it's okay. I'm good. So we all have a pain. We all have a pain in this world that we live in. I don't know what you're going through right now, what you have done in your life. But sometimes stuff happens to us. And it's what we do with it that really matters. So thorns are a given. We're going to get thorns in this life. You know, man's sin from the beginning of time has caused this here on earth. It's not God's doing for us to have a thorn. It's just the life that we've lived and the the fall of man that we go through horrible things on this earth. I'm going to read out Genesis chapter 3. We're going to go right back and find out what happened. The serpent was the shrewdest of all the wild animals the Lord God had made. One day he asked the woman, Did God really say you must not eat fruit from any of the trees in the garden? Of course we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, the woman replied. It's only the fruit from the tree in the middle of the garden that we are not allowed to eat. God said, you must not eat it or even touch it. If you do, you will die. You won't die, the serpent replied to the woman. God knows that your eyes will be opened as soon as you eat it, and you will be like God, knowing both good and evil. The woman was convinced. She saw that the tree was beautiful and its fruit looked delicious. And she wanted the wisdom it would give her. So she took some of the fruit and ate it. Then she gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it too. At that moment their eyes were open and they suddenly felt shame at their nakedness. So they sewed fig leaves together to cover themselves. When the cool evening breezes were blowing, the man and his wife heard the Lord God walking about the garden. So they hid from the Lord among the trees. Then the Lord God called to the man, where are you? He replied, I heard you walking in the garden, so I hid. I was afraid because I was naked. Who told you that you were naked? The Lord asked. Have you eaten from the tree whose fruit I command you not to eat? And the man replied, it was the woman you gave me who gave me the fruit and I ate it. It was her fault. Then the Lord God asked the woman, what have you done? The serpent deceived me, she replied. That's why I ate it. Then the Lord God said to the serpent, Because you have done this, you are cursed more than all animals, and you will crawl on your belly. And I will will cause hostility between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring. Who likes getting bitten by a snake? Not me. (laughs) But that's what God said will happen. Then he said to the woman, I will sharpen the pain of your pregnancy, and in pain you will give birth, and you will desire to control your husband, and he will rule over you. And to the man he said, Since you listened to your wife and ate from the tree, whose fruit I command you not to eat, the ground is cursed because of you. All your life you will struggle to scratch a living from it. And here we go. This is it from Genesis 3. It says, It will grow thorns and thistles for you. Wow. It will grow thorns and thistles. So it will grow pain. It will grow hurt, the life we live. Though you will eat of its grains by the sweat of your brow, Will you have food to eat until you return to the ground from which you were made? For you were made from dust, and to dust you will return. So from the beginning of time when Adam and Eve sinned in the garden, we have thorns. We have thorns in our life that we have to deal with. 
that we have to go through. It's a given. It's going to happen. Like it says here in Scripture, from dust to dust, we are born from dust and we go back to the dirt. Isn't that faith-filling? It's amazing revelation this morning. But it will grow thorns and thistles for you. You know what we can go through in this, in this age, breakdown in marriages, relationships, sickness, abuse, and ongoing sin, fatherlessness, motherlessness, accidents, bullying, fear, anxiety, depression, inner turmoil, comparison, and death. That's what we're here on earth dealing with today. So I'm telling you today, we can, we've got fears, but we also can have faith. That our God can be with us no matter what we go through. He's not going to deliver you from, th- from thorns. In fact, it drives us to him. That's what we should do when we go through things. Not run away from God like Adam and Eve did in the garden. But we should be drawn to him when we go through stuff. Our thorns that are given are not here to kill us. They're here to draw us to him. To draw us to his presence. And it says, Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians, So to keep me from becoming proud... I was given a thorn in my flesh. How would you and I be today if we didn't have a thorn? Would we need God? Would we need his presence? Would we need his saving? Oh, my answer would be no. Oh, we wouldn't. If we didn't have a thorn, we wouldn't need God, would we? We'd, our life would be great. Our life would be awesome. We'd have no pain, no sickness, no heartache, no horrible things that happened to us. We wouldn't need a God. So I want to encourage you this morning, flip around when stuff happens to you. It's not God's doing, but we need to be drawn to him. He's the one that can heal us. He's the one that can save us. He's the one that when we do have abuse and sickness and inner turmoil, he's the one that gives us a peace that surpasses all understanding. Amen? He's the one that gives that. So don't run away from God like Adam and Eve did in the garden. Run to him when we go through, through things. You know, we see it all the time when... Something happens and people say, how did God do this? Why is God letting me go through this? Why, 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 why? Maybe the answer is not why. Maybe it's we've got to go to him. Seek him. Not to understand. Sometimes we're not going to understand why things happen on this earth. We're never going to understand it. You see, Jesus came to this earth to not only forgive us, but to save us. So our thorn should make us fall to our knees in worship, but not push him away. You know, I, I'm going to be really open this morning, and um, I've shared a little bit in a creative team about this, and, and a few other places I've, I've spoken. But in uh, 2000, I was born with this uh, heart defect, and it didn't really bother me. I didn't even know about it until I was 18 and 19 when I went on a school excursion, and they said, uh, "Who need? We need someone to do an ECG." It was at Bathurst University. Who wants to be the volunteer? And there was three guys and 30 girls in the class. And I'm like, I'll take my shirt off. Come on. I'll volunteer. I'll do it. So I put my hand up. And I sat on this bench with all my school friends around. And the girl literally goes, uh, you might have to go see a heart doctor. And I'm going, oh, no, no, it's all good. You know, it's cool. And the class is like, what? And, I'm, and so that's when I found out about it. Nothing happened. Nothing caused it. I went and saw a heart surgeon. They're like, you'll live the rest of your life and you might not even know about it. So sweet, see you later. I was 18. And then when, after I got married, I think I was about 27, um, Al and I went out to dinner in Penrith and I got up from the table and my heart started racing, like racing, like do, 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 and just wouldn't stop. 
And um, I wasn't like passing out or anything weird, didn't call an ambulance, I'm like, oh, I'll just go to the doctor tomorrow. Uh, I actually played Xbox, went home and I'm like, I've just got to get my mind off it, so I'll play a bit of Xbox. <laughs> Doesn't help. Probably makes it go faster, actually. <laughs> and um, next day, I went to the doctor, did everything, and they said, yeah, yeah, we're just going to uh, do an ablation. So they go in through your groin, and they go, it's easy. They don't even really knock you out, you know? They just go up and zap, out they go, and you're done. I'm like, yeah, okay, cool. And then the first time it happened, um, it was Westmead Hospital, and the machine broke when I was in the middle of the... Uh, thing, the machine broke down <laughs> and it's in my heart and um, they couldn't do it. So I woke up and they said we tried everything and we couldn't do it. That, I went home that, um, that afternoon and I literally was like shaking and I didn't know what was going on. I was shaking and I, and I had to, we lived down at Jamison Town and I went for a run around Jamison Park because I, I couldn't stop my body from shaking and I didn't know what was going on. And through time and through multiple things, going to hospital and back and forth, back and forth, I got anxiety. That's what they said it was. It was, it was severe anxiety where I was so fearful of dying that my, I, my body was shaking. And I had to run around Jamo Park because I was like, what is going on? God, I want this to stop. This is horrible. I can't deal with this. And that's when anxiety in my life kicked in. You know, when I was growing up, I didn't know what anxiety was. I didn't know what it... Through school, I remember getting nervous about things, but not crazy fear. And that's what I endured and went through. And you know, the anxiety for me became a thorn. It became a thorn in my flesh. And I had two options. I could either keep it and go, God, what the heck's going on here? Or I could fall to my knees and worship him in the midst of it. Not when it's over, not when God's healed me of it, but in the midst of it, fall to my knees and worship. I had a choice to make. And you know, to this day, sometimes I still struggle with it, if I'm honest. It comes back when you're tired or in, in moments of fear or moments of anxiousness. It comes back. But I always know that in darkest nights, God is so good. And he has a peace that surpasses all understanding. And we fall on our knees and worship him. So it doesn't matter what you're going through today. He's here for you. He's here for you today. Point two today is take it away. Like I said, I'm running around Jamison Park and I literally was praying, God, take it away. Take it away. I don't want it. This is horrible. I don't want to live life like this. I can't deal anymore. Take it away. And have you heard people say that? Take it away from me, God. And we, had, you know, we pray and I believe God is a God of miracles and he can do things on the spot. But sometimes, I believe, sometimes God lets us have a little thorn for a while so we don't get so proud. So we don't get so like, consumed about, oh, it's like God's a magician. It's like we come to church and you're healed. See you later. Woo. I'm healed. Yay. Sometimes he lets us go through things to keep us close to him. And you, you could say, well, isn't that like God being bad? Like, shouldn't he just heal us? And I'm going to talk a bit about this. The question is, what is God's goodness? Does God's goodness mean nothing bad happens? Or does it simply mean that even though bad things are happening, he's still good? I believe the answer that is yes, he's always good, no matter what we go through. God's goodness doesn't mean we have a life that's free of everything. God's goodness means that he's good to us, no matter what we're going through. He's always good and always will be good. Ecclesiastes 3, for everything there is a season, a time for activity under the sun, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant, a time to harvest, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to tear down and a time to build up, a time to cry and a time to laugh. You know, there's seasons we go through in life. 
but he's always good in every season. Whether it's an up and a down season, doesn't matter. He's always good. He's always good. We can know this because Christ himself endured such pain. In fact, the word excruciating literally means the pain of crucifixion. That's what the word excruciating means. So when we see the unjust, the unfair and the painful and the excruciating, we can know that Jesus himself experienced the same pain on the cross. And he was the son of God. You know, in 2 Corinthians it says three times, Paul, Jesus, Paul wrote here, three times I begged the Lord to take it away. Three times. And do you know that also Jesus prayed three times in the Garden of Gethsemane? Three times he prayed it. Lord, take this away from me. So Jesus prays in the Garden of Gethsemane. They went to the olive grove called Gethsemane and Jesus said, sit here while I go and pray. He took Peter, James and John with him and he became deeply troubled and distressed. He told them, my soul is crushed with grief to the point of death. Whoa, whoa, hang on a sec. Is this Jesus? Is Jesus saying this? My soul is crushed to the point of death. Jesus endured it too. He went on a little further and fell to the ground and he prayed, if it were possible, the awful hour awaiting him might pass him by. Abba, Father, he cried out, everything is possible for you. Please take this cup of suffering away from me. Yet I want your will, not mine. Then he returned and found the disciples asleep. He said to Peter, Simon, are you asleep? Couldn't you watch me with even one hour? Keep watching, pray so that you will not give in to temptation. For the spirit is willing, but the body is weak. Oh, hang on a sec. This is revelation, people. That Jesus endured stuff too. Jesus endured pain. And he actually prayed, Lord, if take this away from me. Take it away from me. How often do we pray that? Is it just me? Am I the only one who prays that? I pray it. <laughs> we, we pray it so much. Lord, take this pain away. Take it away. And sometimes we go through stuff so we can grow. Jesus' soul was crushed. If Jesus had to endure pain to fulfill his destiny, then maybe we might have to as well. He endured that pain for you and I. So if Jesus didn't endure pain, we wouldn't have salvation of our sin. We wouldn't. So God, maybe God allows us to go through some stuff to help other people. Maybe. But I think yes. <laughs> I think he allows all of us to go through stuff to help others. You know, I openly talk about my struggles, not because, you know, oh, as soon as you have a pastor's ticket, it means that you're all good and you get, you know, it's free of everything and you've got all the faith and you've got all the, all the stuff. We're still humans. <laughs> we still endure stuff. All of us endure things in this life. So he, he lets us go through some stuff to build us. Matthew 7, verse 24 to 25. Anyone who listens to my teaching, teaching and follows it is wise. Like a person who builds a house on solid rock. Though the rain comes in torrents and the floodwaters rise and the winds beat against that house, it won't collapse because it is built on bedrock. So we cry out, God, make it stop. But what he does with us sometimes is not make the storm stop. He gives us strength to endure the storm. The wind and the waves and when it's all bashing against us, he gives us strength to endure it. Mark 4.35 says... As evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, Let's cross to the other side of the lake. So they took Jesus in the boat and started out, leaving the crowds behind. But soon a fierce storm came up. 
high waves were breaking into the boat and it began to fill with water. Jesus was sleeping at the back of the boat with his head on a cushion and the disciples woke him up shouting, Teacher, don't you care that we're going to drown? So they're fearful, they're scared and he is sleeping in the back of the boat. So the disciples here thinks Jesus is like a magician, right? They're like, you can do this, man. You can just like say stop and it stops and he can do it. But he slept through it. Wow. Maybe that scripture's there for you and I that we can sleep through storms. That we can have peace through storms. That no matter what you go through, sickness, abuse, pain, hurt, anxiety, depression, doesn't matter what we go through on this earth, that we can sleep through the pain. Just like Jesus did. Am I preaching this for people today? Yeah? This is like what has been a revelation for me. That you can sleep in hard seasons. You can have peace in hard seasons. Sometimes we want a quick fix rather than a test of character. Ouch. But it's true. We come here to the altar. We've just had a doctor's thing and it's like, heal me right now. Bang. And I know God can do that. I'm not saying God can't do that because in his, in his will, he can do that if he wants to. But my experience is it's not all the time. That sometimes we go through things to build our character and to build us. Amen. Number three. We're all good. We're going to actually do a song in a sec. If the team want to come up. And um, this song is called Highlands. It's off Hillsong United. And... um, I know the guys who wrote this, um, one of the guys was in a bit of a painful situation. And I know that God can come into all of our circumstances and give us peace. A peace that's so amazing. You know, I, um, my family has a lot of history with anxiety, a lot of history. And the doctor said, here you go, here's some pills. And I said, no, 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 no. Because I saw, I saw what it did to my family. I saw the addiction that it was because you couldn't live without it. And I chose not to. And I'm not trying to be a hero today. I just chose that, God, you can help me do this. And if, if you're on medication for stuff, great. You know, it's not that it's bad. That was my decision. My decision to say, God, I want to do this with you. I don't want a quick fix. I don't want it to just be like, oh, I'm feeling a bit anxious, pop a pill. <laughs> And put me to sleep. I wanted to do this without, with God by my side. And in 2 Corinthians 12, 9, it says, My grace is all you need, and my power works best in weakness. So in your weakness today, His power is working its best. In your weakness. You know, grace in the Greek is charis. And it literally means a gift. So His grace is a gift. So when Paul writes here, my grace is all you need, his gift is all you need. And what's his gift? What he did on the cross. He took our sin. He took our hurt. He took our pain. He took our grief. He took it on the cross and he bore that on his body. And that's the grace that abounds to us today. And his power then works best in our weakness. What? Christ's power to help Paul endure hardship was whether physically, mentally, or spiritually, and to experience forgiveness, that's the gift that's given to us. We can deal with this stuff with His gift. So let it take over you today. Let His grace rest upon you today. I didn't want to just come up here and talk about, oh, yeah, you've got weaknesses and you've got a thorn on the side, and yeah, live your life. It's going to be hard. See you later. 
I wanted to say today that we can do it with God. And the thorns that we endure are not there to kill us. They're there to build us and they're to help other people. I don't know about you, but when 180TC guys come up here and they speak and they talk about the healing power of the Lord Jesus Christ, it's a journey. They didn't just go for one week to 180 and then tick the box and you're no longer an alcoholic. You're no longer addicted to drugs. It's a journey. It's a journey. And that's all of our lives. When we have thorns in our side, it's a journey. But we've got to do it with our Lord Jesus Christ. He's given the gift of grace. He's given us um, time to be in His presence and to worship Him. My power works best in weakness. So now I am glad to boast about my weaknesses. Hello, people. Let's stop living our perfect Christian lives where everything's perfect because it ain't. You know, the world doesn't want to see it. Sometimes that's the thing. If I walk in here, the roof will fall down. You Christians have got it all together. You're all perfect people. You know, we, we, we come across like we judge everyone else. And I never want to be that sort of Christian. I want to be someone who endures things and then can help other people and talk about it. Because if I don't talk about it, how can we help people? How can we help people? And, you know, mental health is something I'm really passionate about because so many people go through it and don't say anything. So many people are like, this is, this is hard to talk about, which it is sometimes. But if we don't talk about it, how can we help? And Paul says here, that's why I take pleasure in my weakness and in the insults, the hardship, the persecutions and the troubles that I suffer for Christ. For when I am weak, then I am strong. So it's okay to be weak today, people. It's okay to go home and fall apart. It's okay. It's okay to have those moments where life's sometimes too hard. It's all right. It's okay. You know, I found the best thing for me is I went for a drive and I don't know why, but we used to go on a lot of road trips as family when I was younger, like Melbourne, Northern Territory, Queensland. We just drove everywhere when I was a kid to take term off school and go driving. So for me, driving, some people hate driving. I actually love it. For me, driving long distance or driving for a trip out west, it's like it does something to my soul. So for me, how, what I did is I would just get in the car, put worship music on and just drive. I remember driving, flipping up Singleton and back, Putty Road and back, Singo. I went to Canberra once and hung out with my mate. Sometimes we just got to do things to help and do it with God. I didn't drive away going, God, I'm leaving you at home and I just want my own time. I put worship music on and I pressed into God. Because I think when we have our weaknesses, then we're strong people. That's what's so good about the gospel. In our weakness, we are strong. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make any sense. So let his grace take over this morning. His goodness, let it take over. The Lord has more need of our weakness than of our strength. Our strength is often his rival. Ouch. But it's true. Our strength is his rival. Our weakness is his servant. Our weakness is God's opportunity. Man's security is Satan's opportunity. So where's your security today? Is it in you? In your finances? Is it in how good you can do something? Or is your weakness open to God? Let Him come into your life.
So who do you trust today? God's way is not to take his children out of trial, but to give them strength to bear up against it. It gives us strength. So my encouragement to you today is it's okay to have a weakness and it's okay to be open about it. And it's okay to say to God, I'm really struggling. Because you know, that's when his power is worked best. His power is best in those moments. The best worship I've ever had is not on this platform, ever, ever. The best worship I've ever had is by myself in my car when I'm crying and I'm like, God, I can't do this anymore. That's been the best worship I've ever had. And it will be the best worship I ever have. I've had great moments of worship here in this church, but it's never going to account for the moments I have with Him alone. It's so amazing. Our God is so good. And when we go through stuff, go to Him. Go to Him. Fall on your knees and worship Him. Maybe that's there to do that. Maybe what we're going through is there to help us do that. So we do go to Him, and we don't just do it in our own strength. You know, the medical system now is so good, and we all need it, and it's great. And God works miracles through people's minds and what they do in the biological way and how they come up with new drugs and everything. It's amazing. So I'm not discounting that at all because it can be used to heal people. But I just know how good our God is. It's so much better. So much better. Better than any pill. Better than any antidepressant. Better. He just needs us to go to Him. So we're going to sing this song this morning and you can stay seated. It's called Highlands and um, it talks about whatever we go through. Mountaintops, valleys, good times, bad times, that he's always good. He's always good. Amen? Amen? So have a listen to this song this morning.